Welcome to Reading and Ranting, where we read obsessively and rant about life in our 20s. I'm Carly. And I'm Mia. We're going to keep today's episode light and fun. So even though we're both avid readers, sometimes you just hit a wall and you find a book that you simply cannot finish. So the question, to finish or not to finish? Carly, on the one hand, is a strong DNFer, while I tend to, like, push myself to suffer through. Or on occasion, I'll find a book um, or a series, and I will be like, uh, I'm going to come back to this and, like, fully intend to finish. And so I have a couple of those remaining on my TBR where I'm like, I'll circle back eventually, but then I keep starting new books and I haven't circled back. But I have every intention to. Mm-hmm. And today's rant is going to be the star of the show. You guys, we are so excited to share some of our favorite bits. Carly and I are bit girls. We love pulling a good bit. And we want to tell you guys some of our top bits that we've completed and some of the bits that we have on the horizon that we're looking forward to. So let's get into it. All right. So... I'm just going to name a couple of the books that I haven't been able to finish because maybe other people will agree with me here. But like to be fair, I do typically finish most books. It just takes me a while. Like sometimes even I'll be halfway. Like I remember when I was reading Crescent City 2, I was like at the very end and then just like took like two weeks to finish it. And I just like wasn't reading. And I remember Mia was like, Carly, you need to finish this book. Because obviously Crescent City 2 is a crazy ending. But I think my ADD just like kicks in sometimes. And I just cannot finish. But some of the books where I legitimately cannot finish because I was just like, I can't read this anymore was Blood from Blood and Ash. From Blood and Ash, I do think there's a pretty prevalent fandom. And in ways, they are good books. And I actually was really into the first and second book. The third book just lost me completely. And the thing is, it's it's like porn without plot. And I know people love that. And I sometimes do too. But also being single, I'm sometimes like, I can only use my vibrator so much before I'm like, this sucks that I don't have anyone to fuck. And I just like can't stop getting turned on by these books. So I had the DNF from Blood and Ash. Also, like Poppy was kind of driving me up the wall Castile's like commentary about how she tastes like honeydew it just it was it was driving me crazy so I will say I do want to eventually read the book that has the threesome scene (laughs) the infamous threesome scene but I just don't think I'll ever pick these back up again to actually like read the plot because I just don't even care what happens but I know Mia like I think you liked these books a little more than me, but you finished. I did. I did enjoy them. I had a lot of like the same gripes. And I think honestly, like that's a pretty popular opinion. Like I think the the most frustrating part of the writing is that it is a lot of telling and not showing like Poppy's internal monologue. Like sometimes she just kind of like drags on. Um, And I do agree. Like definitely by the third and fourth books, I was like, I don't know where the plot is going. It was like, plot twist plot twist plot twist plot twist and it kind of just felt like kind of like scrambling to like pull things together but in the same vein I will say I read it right after Akatar. like so this was like back in my like initial initial days of romanticy like I think it was like the third series I picked up after all of the Sarah J Mass books so like I was just looking for something to fill the void so like I devoured them like honestly my memory of these books is like it was so long ago it was 90 
eight books ago at this point. <laughs> yeah. so I'm truly like, oh, I don't really know. But I will say, I actually just recently at the Barnes and Noble December um, hardback sale, I picked up the prequel series, which is about Nyctos and Sarah. And I am excited to go back to that. I have another friend who loved From Blood and Ash and then read the prequel series. And she said she actually liked the prequel series better. So I do fully intend mm-hmm. to go back to it and finish it. But again, it's one of those things that I'm like, I have so many other books on my TBR right now. Yeah, exactly. And maybe if I run out of books on my TBR, this could be something I would return to. Like that prequel series sounds kind of interesting, but yeah, I just like it really lost me. And this, I think I was reading the first and second book last summer. So like Mm -hmm. summer 2023, it's now winter of 2024, February. And I just, just couldn't do it. So, you know, and then Another one is, and this might be kind of more unpopular because I know this was one of Mia's favorites, actually. So I did like Six of Crows, um, but I just, and I, I think I actually might eventually come back to the second book because it's a duology. So there's only two books in the series. Um, I just have not been able to get myself to start reading the second book. It, it hasn't happened. Um, and I will say Six of Crows wasn't like my favorite. I think it is a really good like found family trope and things like that and we have like recommended it um like I did like it it just wasn't my favorite and I do think it's because it's less romanticy it's more fantasy um and I definitely just am chronically in my romanticy era and I need like like it's I think it's like the opposite of from blood and ash like from blood and ash was too much spice versus six of crow was too little spice like there is no spice at all yeah. So especially when I was like in my like hardcore spice era, which like I still am, but first getting back into like reading and romantic, yeah, I was like, I-, I need some spice right now. Bye. Can't do yeah. this. No, for sure. Cause that was like definitely like a different, like out there. And it's more YA. Um, but like, yeah, I loved the books. Like I devoured them. Um, but kind of like similar, I still haven't gone back to read Shadow and Bone. I actually mm-hmm. probably won't. Um, and I know people have like strong opinions on that. So maybe one day, maybe one day, guys. But I love yeah. Six of Crows so much, like as the spinoff standalone. And since I read it first, I feel like going back to Shadow and Bone is just gonna be tough. But I did eat up the Shadow and Bone TV show yeah. because the crows were in it. And I am actually like heartbroken that it did not get renewed for season three and Netflix canceled it. Um, yeah, so I agree. All right. Actually, it's funny because I liked watching it too. Like, I didn't really like the books, but I liked watching it because I love a fantasy TV show. But yeah, I mean, the only reason I would maybe go back to read it is the TV show ended on such a cliffhanger where I'm like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> um, but you know, I think like sometimes shows actually inspire me to go back. Like I just watched Lessons in Chemistry and I've never read the book. Um, So I'm like, okay, now I have to read the book Lessons in Chemistry. But like, I don't know, maybe if From Blood and Ash becomes a show, that will also inspire me. For someone who loved Twilight and from in the Vampire Diaries, like I can't believe From Blood and Ash wasn't for me. But again, the spice was just too much. Um, And again, with the tell not show, like, thing that you just talked about Mia that's exactly how I found Lady of Darkness so this is like a Kindle Unlimited series I think for this one I got to book two so the first book was pretty good 
second book, like exactly how we talked about in House and Flame and Shadow by Crescent City, there were certain times where it was very tell not show. And I felt like I was just sitting around hearing all the facts rather than like seeing and like living through the discovery of the facts. Lady of Darkness, I remember the same exact thing where the two main characters were sitting on a couch. It was like five chapters of them just like chatting on a couch. And I did I DNF this one in the middle of the book. Like I started book two and just never finished it. And I don't think I'll go back because it just lost me. And I did feel that the plot was pretty similar to like a thousand, thousand other books I've read. So it wasn't super like unique to me. Um, but I think, again, if you want, like, if you're having a really bad Akatar Bay hangover, it is maybe a good book just to be like, okay, similar book, like, same font or, like, different font, but yeah, same vibe. Yeah. No, and it, I agreed. Um, a lot of, like, the tropes were pretty similar to other fantasy books, which is very common. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, all of these romantic books are going to have similar tropes. Um, but so that one, that one I understood. I did enjoy it, but I also will say – Lady of Darkness, like, if you guys are looking for a fun romantic Kindle Unlimited read, like, I do still recommend it, um, but the books are long, long, like, I had no idea the by the fifth book, and there's five books, but by the fifth book, the I think it's, like, 800 pages, and I didn't know until I went to add it into my Storygraph app, and I was, like, holy shit, this is, like, the second longest book I've read this year after Kingdom of Ash, it was crazy. I was like, I had yeah. no idea that they were yeah. that long. For it to be like this like Kindle Unlimited series and be an 800-page book, like that's crazy. Um, I think I enjoy some of the less like popular books, but that are still really well written if they're like shorter, like for example, Daughter in a World, um, which we've talked about, things like that. But yeah, Lady of Darkness just kind of lost me there. And again, like we said, I think Mia even, if she doesn't necessarily enjoy it you just push through i do i'm incapable of pushing through i don't know why i just can't do it yeah i'll just like i'll literally just go read your mighty fan fiction instead <laughs> that is my kryptonite yeah and then like kind of in a similar vein too i think something that i struggle with is like spin-off sequels or spin-off books because sometimes i'm like ah like i loved the main characters and their stories so much like how am I going to give it up for the spinoffs? I guess the one exception to that is obviously Akasaf with Nesta. Yeah, um, yeah. But I felt like this actually with Bridge Kingdom, which is one of my top all-time romanticies, like one of my favorite books and duologies of um, 2023 that I read. But the third and fourth books, the fourth book actually just came out, follow two other side characters and their stories. And I was like, oh, like I really loved the main couple in the story. And like – just yeah. like switching POVs like that is sometimes so tough. I was like, oh, now I really don't want to read this. Um, yeah, you just like get off. attached to the main characters. Also, I feel like Akasav is like barely really like a spinoff. Um, because like they're in it, like like Farah and like Reese, yeah. but like Nest, it's like more about Nesta. But like I guess you can like con- kind of consider it a spinoff. But yeah, I I kind of struggle too with like sequels or like prequels like i've never read a ballad of songbirds and snakes um the prequel to hunger games i've actually started it but that's actually something that i stopped in the middle i i want to go back to it like i want to read it because i basically the movie came out this past fall and like i was obsessed obsessed with cornelius snow like you know love a um love a blonde 
man like an ice blonde man fictional man um yeah but the, i just like the, no the buzz cut had me barking i was like yeah. <laughs> exactly um but like yeah prequels i struggle with i never read midnight sun the um twilight pov from edward like never read that so i think just sometimes like when you get closure to a book you're kind of just like done with it and you want to kind of tuck it away and i know like authors sometimes want to do a prequel or a sequel or whatever spinoff sequel um just to like continue the story obviously they're making money off of it they want to like continue that but I'm like that chapter is gonna close like I have like it's like closed in my mind I can't really like reopen my mind to have more content you know what I mean yeah this is such an aside but I found out recently that Stephanie Meyer is Mormon which like totally fine um yeah I didn't know that but I was like I did cackle because I was like oh the floor length khaki skirt that Bella wears to meet (laughs) Edward's family like I was like that tracks now that makes floor length khaki skirt because I remember being like 10 years old and being like what (laughs) like what is this fit even you're 10 years old you're like fucking prude like (laughs) no I was just like I was like that seems like think, an odd choice. Isn't Rebecca Yaros who wrote Fourth mm-hmm. Wing also Mormon? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Apparently I gotta go to Utah because they write some good books. Apparently. Yeah. Um, Period. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think basically the like bottom line of this reading section is whether we think it's a failure to not finish, but because you know, some people are like, oh, I don't want to. DNF in the middle of a series or not finish a book or not finish a series that feels like quitting but at the same time I'm like reading is supposed to be fun and entertaining and I just hate forcing myself to read something that I'm not enjoying like even like tv shows I feel like it's very common to watch a couple seasons like Grey's Anatomy Grey's Anatomy has been out for like it's like 20 seasons by this point. I think I watched until season like 15. And then again, it was just like a completely different cast. Like all the main characters left eventually. And I was like, I'm kind of done with this. Like, I don't really feel like I'm like quitting by not continuing Grey's Anatomy. Like, I think I stopped watching Vampire Diaries. Um, like there's like two more seasons. I never watched those. Um, like literally Nina Dobrev like leaves like Elena, the main character. I'm like, whoa, it's not Vampire Diaries without her. Why would I watch it? Um, you know, so I am more of the proponent of saying, you know, I think it should be fun and entertaining to read. And if you hate it, just quit. It's not a big deal. If you really want to, you can try coming back to it. Maybe like eventually you'll actually be like, oh, wait, no, this actually is enjoyable. But um, I know Mia, like you just you love finishing and like being able to put that check mark next to the book. Yeah, facts. Actually, a lot of it comes down to I just got to finish it. Yeah, you need it for your story graph. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. She's like, I read 90 books in 2023. Did I enjoy a lot of them? Maybe not, but I I read them. Generally, no, but like generally most of them. Like Mm -hmm. there were were very few that I genuinely was like, that was really tough to get through, but – there, I mean, there's a few. There's gonna be dumb. honestly the highly recommended books on Book Talk usually don't fail. Like my Book Talk girlies don't typically fail me, but I also think reading and like anything is very subjective. So like you might love a story and I might not. Like Six of Crows, for example. So, um, you know, guys, just do do what you want to do. Read what you want to read. If you want to DNF, do it. If you want to finish it, do it. 
no one's no one's judging you but yeah me and i just differ here so we we had to chat about it all right now time for me and i to talk about some of our infamous bits some of these we've done together some of them um you know just been historic bits also this is kind of like a mix of like a bit and a prank and what i would describe as a bit it's like putting on like kind of like a show you know what I mean like you're kind of pretending to be someone you're not or pretending to do something that you don't do a prank is like more like a prank like you're pulling one over on someone else um but especially going out guys like we would sit around in Austin at like drinks or something before a big night out we'd be like what bit should we do tonight like we'd all pick like a bit that we would do um but I want to start off with probably the best bit I've ever done. So I know I've talked about um, our 4th of July Hamptons trip a lot on this podcast, but we had really fun nights out, like Friday and Saturday went pretty feral. And then Monday we had off as well. So we ended up going to a bar on Sunday. It's called John Scott's in West Hampton. If you know, you know. And people like our age told us, oh, I love John Scott's. It's a great bar. Don't know if we went, if there was like some college meetup that night that we weren't aware of or like if we just caught it at that time. But Mia and our other friend, Elise and I, we show up and it's like very fratty vibes, just like generally a younger crowd. And we're like, okay, you know, maybe they're like more like, you know, like 22. I mean, we were... 23 like you know it's just we're like oh maybe not we end up like talking to people and these people are underage like they're not even 21 like they are fully like like college students like sophomores and juniors in college and we're like cool you know like would have done the same when I was in college but like I'm just kind of past that point so not really for me right now on this fourth of July trip and it was just like, it's a very divey bar. We're drinking. Our drinks are literally terrible. I left my credit card there accidentally and I was like pretty sober. So it was just purely an accident. I'm convinced they just didn't hand it back to me. Guys, but, but for, for context, Carly orders a gin and tonic at this dive bar where like yeah. there's like a hundred people crowded around the bar. Like the bartenders are stressed as fuck. Oh, a like, hundred people. Dicks. And I was like, why did you order a gin I don't know. I thought gin and tonic was like a safe drink and apparently it's not. So never order a G&T at a dive bar. Um, but yeah, I think you got like a vodka Red Bull, like quintessential Actually, college facts. dive bar drink. Um. So we're there and I'm like, all right, we, oh, we, these like random guys had approached us. They were so weird. Like we were just kind of like done and we actually were heading out to leave. And these two guys approached us. They were like juniors at the university of Miami. Obviously we're like, oh, do you guys know Alex Earl? Like, <laughs> but I don't know what came over me, but basically they were like, oh, what do you do? Whatever. So I'm like, I start telling them, oh, I'm 27. Uh, I'm 23 at this time, like while talking to them. I think they were 21 or something. I'm like, yeah, I'm 27. This is my um, business partner. We met at Montana Community. Did not say community college. I just kept saying that we went to Montana Community. 
And I was like, yeah, Elise's dad went to boarding school in Switzerland with Bill Gates. And then she grew up in Seattle. So then we started this NFT business. And because Elise's dad knew Bill, we were able to get Bill to invest in our NFT business. And we did really well. So yeah, we're just like billion, like NFT billionaires. Um, These guys... I said it in such a convincing way. Keep in mind, Elise is literally like walking away because she couldn't hold it together. She was like, she was like, I'm going to laugh. I cannot keep a straight face. Um, and the fact that I kept being like, yeah, Montana community, you know, the good old Montana community. These guys fully believed me. Like, and they also were like, wow, you're 27. You don't look a day over 23. Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, it's because I am 23. But fully had this bit going. And then I think our Uber pulled up and I was like, bye guys, see you later. Fully convinced these men though. I mean, I was like, I don't know if they were the smartest, you know, tools in the shed. <laughs> fully convinced people that I was an NFT billionaire. Oh, and then they asked me what like kind of NFTs I have. I know nothing about NFTs. I'm not a crypto person. I don't know when what NFTs. So I was kind of like bullshitting. I was like, oh, you know the nfts kept just like repeating the word nft and then thankfully the uber showed up and i was like peace and love peace i think i also tacked on i was like oh the driver is here like we didn't say yes i was like the driver's here to pick us up yeah i I think we told them that we like bleeded into the hamptons if you don't know what bleed is it's like this like helicopter service that you can charter to um like get you from new york city to the hamptons so you don't have to be like a peasant like we are and take the train on the jitney um but yeah it was it was a time and i think that is probably one of my favorite bits of all time yeah that it was fucking hilarious i yeah. literally was dying and they started this conversation without me like i was getting hit on by some other 20 year old that wasn't involved in this and i was like <laughs> classic I was like, I got to exit this conversation. And so I entered y'all's and I entered mid explanation of the NFT business. And I was just like, all right, we're going with this now. (laughs) Yeah. And then I I forgot how we said we knew you, Mia. But I was like, I was like, I think I was like, oh, she was in our dorm freshman year at Montana Community. Like, yeah, looking up Montana Community after and it like doesn't exist. Yeah, we end. I think we ended up saying that like we knew each other from Montana community, but I wasn't in on the business. Like we're just close mm-hmm. friends. Um, yeah, but- you unfortunately missed out on the NFT business. <laughs> but I just, I just have best friends who are NFT billionaires, so I get all mm-hmm. the perks. Yeah. Um, but this same night at the same bar, you guys, I had a very strong bit going with this other group of guys and at this point in the night we it was when we were like what is going on like why why are there so many young people and we were sitting outside actually at a picnic table and like we're all chatting and like some a group of guys comes over and they're like hey can we sit at the end of the table and we're like well, sure. keep in mind the group of guys like our friend Elise was like oh these guys are have been talking for 20 minutes about how to approach us oh yeah they had been staring at us yeah. like staring and like, like you know, they would like the walk bus. over and then kind of walk away yeah yeah you know? So mm-hmm. finally, I actually think they approached with like a dumb ass pickup line that was yes. like, hey, yes. can we ask It was you a to would you rather. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so one of them that I'm sitting next to, we get to chatting. I have no idea how this is brought up, but like someone made like a size matters joke or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just run with it and I was like, 
yeah, well, like, I know the feeling. Or, like, I've never had to worry about that. Like, I have a nine-inch dick. And this guy is, like, gagged. Like, he's, like, what the fuck? Like, what? And I was, like, I'm just saying, like, I have the energy of somebody with a nine-inch dick. Like, I would never. And he was, like, uh, okay. I think for 20 minutes, I probably repeated the phrase nine-inch dick a hundred times. Yep. Yeah. And then I remember this man, he like stood up to go get you guys a drink and then never came back. And then we found out from his other friends that they like he had a girlfriend or something. Oh, oh my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So Mia's just repeating nine inch dick to a dick to a man who fully has a girlfriend. But also he was the one that approached us with that would you rather? Um, yeah, there was only one normal guy in this entire group of guys. I remember they all went to Wash U or something. So if you went to mm-hmm. Wash U and you're listening to this and you were at John Scott's over 4th July weekend and approached three girls, then yeah, you guys all know about Mia's nine-inch dick. Clearly, clearly. But this is what we mean about the bit. You have to commit to it. Like the bit, the funniest part of the bit is that you are like dead serious committed to the bit. Yeah. No. Okay. So then getting into more of our like group trip, we just always have like really funny bits in our group trips. So um, our friend had her boyfriend at the time. It was her new boyfriend at the time coming to meet all of us in Aspen for the first time. And we were like, we need to like pull a bit or like pull a prank on this man. So because Mia's from Austin, we were like, it'd be so funny if she kept up a Southern accent for like a full day. So this man is actually convinced that she's like super, super Southern. And she was going to be like, how, how Mia, like, how are you? Uh, She's gonna be like, oh, we're going skiing tomorrow. You know, just that, that's kind of a shitty Southern accent, but she was fully going to do this for 24 hours. Didn't end up working out because we were like, that's going to be kind of tough in front of with have a conversation with every single person at this group trip. But and everyone else knew. So like I told them, I was like, guys, should I do that? And they were like, "Uh, maybe that's not the one. But from that idea, it spawned an even better idea that we did commit to as a bit. And this was me saying the most like ridiculous grace like over our table at our group dinner, like Mm -hmm. in like a very like Southern like giving thanks, which is like just I committed Mm -hmm. in the most ridiculous way. Yeah. Um, And keep in mind, none of us are religious. So like also saying grace is just kind of out of left field as well. Yeah, and we had not done it for any any other meal on this entire mm-hmm. group trip. No. This is like our ni- our nice our nice meal out at the restaurant before going out. Um, and so the appetizers come out fully like we're we're playing telephone down the table to let everyone know that, that it's finally happening and that I'm gonna say grace when the appetizers come out. Um, and so I'm sitting directly across from the man in question that we're trying to pull this bit over on. And I go off, oh my god, I don't even think I could like fully embrace repeat it right now but I was like dear lord I would just like to say thank you for bringing this incredible group of people my my closest friends in this entire world keep in mind I five of these people I've never met before before (laughs) (laughs) these last two days um and I would just like to say thanks for the the beautiful bounty that you have provided us on this table. And um, thank you for the ability to fornicate on our dining room table. And so if you know, this is a this is like a bit from a movie. Um, I think it's the uh Talladega Nights Ballad of Ricky Bobby. 
hilarious mm-hmm. movie. Uh, and so this is what I'm kind of like basing that movie off of. Like I'm doing, doing a spin off of it. And I like make everyone hold hands. I'm like, ma- like committing. It's probably yeah, like bow your all, head. Like, yes, bowed head. And then I go, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Fully. And I, the poor this poor poor man is just so confused but like he's so chill that he had nothing to say like he yeah. just kind of went with it and we were yeah. like yeah we asked him the next day we were like oh you know there was a bit right and he was just like i don't even care like <laughs> it's like, for how much we talked about this bit and really pulled it off he just was unfazed did not did not really even realize that we were saying grace and i was like all right, well, you clearly just roll with the punches. But yeah, my favorite part was, and dear Lord, thank you for the forgiveness for fornicating on this very table. The very table is what, table. what gets me. Also, we did it when it was like the night before it was just girls. So we're like, they're like, who fornicated on this table? <laughs> um, But okay, just some like other quick bits. As I think I've talked about on here, or maybe I haven't, but I have a lot of Australian friends. And when I was living in Austin before I moved to New York, one of my best friends visited me in Austin last summer. And when I'm drunk, when I'm with Australian people, I can do a pretty good Australian accent. Ask me to do an Australian accent right now. I cannot do it. I have to be like really drunk and around Australian people so I can like hear the accent and kind of try to imitate it. But an Australian accent is really hard to do. We're at a bar And so I was doing an Australian accent as we kept talking to all these like random people at the bar. If you know Australians, they talk to everyone. They attract the attention of everyone. Americans are obsessed with them. I don't know what it is. They make friends like there's no tomorrow. And so we're talking to these people and I fully was talking to this guy in Australian accent and he wouldn't believe me that I was Australian, but I was like, no, no, I am Australian. Like I literally listen to me. I'm literally from Sydney, Australia. So then he, like, believes me, but he was still doubting. But it was just so funny because I fully was not Australian. And he was like, no, you're not Australian. But I was like, dude, what are you talking? And, like, this is in an Australian accent. I'm like, I literally am Australian. Like, think whatever you want. Like, like fully gaslighting this man into thinking I'm Australian. (laughs) And he was like, but you're not, though. And I was like, no, I am. And then I guess – and then at the end, he was like, oh, I I guess you are. Like, sorry, I was wrong. And I'm like, yeah, you should be. Okay. Now I have to talk about one of the funniest bits slash semi-bit, semi-prank um, that we have pulled over on a friend back from high school. So I can't take entire credit for it, but my best friend and I were kind of in on this together, but it was totally her idea. She was driving it. Um, so if you know, back in the high school era, there was a big hype around jewel people were vaping people were jeweling um and mm-hmm. our school was like aware of the issue and trying to like crack down on it because obviously not mm-hmm. great back when um, mango pods were a thing back when mango pods existed yes mm-hmm. rip. Oh, a rip. <laughs> <laughs> um and so in particular we had one friend um and he partook but we also just love to give him shit so this is like and not to say that none of us did either it just was like we'd like to pick on him and so our our friend had this brilliant idea and she prints out a bunch of like poster flyers and it's a photo of a jewel and it has like the big like red circle with a strike through it um, and it says, this is a send-free zone. 
So you remember, you remember back in high school era when this is like, usually like full send, like full send, like our friend group would say that a lot. Um, and so the post, I guess I don't remember saying that in high school whatsoever. Maybe that's the difference between me graduating in 2017 and you graduating in 2018. This was like like a bar stool thing though. It wasn't just high school. Like it was definitely a thing. It's definitely a statement. Uh, Anyways, so we it's a photo of Jewel. It just says, this is a sun-free zone. And it says, for more information, please contact. And then his name and his phone number. And you guys, he gets pulled into the to the assistant principal's office. Like, all of admin is like, what is this about? Like, whatever, whatever. He gets in so much trouble. And he's like, I have no idea what this is about. But, of course, immediately he knows that it was us like this had us written all over it. and he's like that this was fucked up you guys <laughs> like that was so fucked and wait Tim- where did where did she post them just like all over the school all over the the best was in the boys bathroom though she she got one of our other friends to go into the boys bathroom and put them up oh i the always like- on the lockers like there's I'd probably like- at least like 30 of these around the i would like the faculty staff parking lot and like Put it on their like window shields. <laughs> no, it was so funny. It was honestly fucking hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. and then what's tough is that another bit that we pulled over on this same friend the same year is we sold his car on Craigslist. Um, and we when I tell you we committed to this bit, he never found out that it was us until after we graduated from college. Like a full four years later, we I think we were sitting around at Friendsgiving and we were like. We got to be honest with you. Remember when someone sold your car, listed your car on Craigslist and it sold? That was us. And he was like, that was y'all? Like, he he actually had no idea that it was us, which was made it all the all the better. Four years. Wait, four so years. Like, it got bought on Craigslist, but how did you guys break it to the Craigslist buyer that it actually wasn't for sale? I think we just never, like, so, I like, it didn't sell on Craigslist. It's not like eBay, but, like, the, okay. uh, several people reached out being interested um and it was it was tough we did it was we were really really sneaky with it we set up the craigslist account like with his name and contact information and email Mm -hmm. and then went into his email and deleted like the new account notification or whatever so he had no idea and so he's getting all of these texts but you had his email password (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't remember really why we had that but we did um I'm crying. If someone stole my car on Craigslist in high school, I'd be, like, crying. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, Mom, I swear it wasn't me. I wasn't trying to sell my used Tiguan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. But poor guy. We love him. We love him still. <laughs> nothing Nothing has changed. God, I wish my friend group did some of those funny pranks in high school. Um but something we did do, actually, and I think I've mentioned this before as well, um, but I think it was my senior year of high school and all of us were like, let's go get vibrators. So rather than going to like, you know what, in Westchester, New York, I don't really know how many sex shops there actually are. It doesn't really give that vibe. Um, there might be some, but we didn't really weren't really aware, I guess, at that time that you could go to a sex shop. Um, so we went to CBS because, you know, in CBS, there's like the condom section with like lube and they have like vibrators there. Don't know if they're good. Um, so they had talked about this. I never used it. <laughs> I don't know why. But my friend and I, so it's like this 
ran it's one man staffing the cashier line at CVS and we all it was like five of us we all picked up the same vibrator and one instead of checking out all together one by one we checked out our vibrators and with this like 40 year old man and we're like 18 year old girlies just checking out our vibrators and there was just no words spoken with this man it was just silent silent checking it out and you know it was pretty mortifying it also was hilarious um and then shortly after we realized we could have just gone to target and done self-checkout and not bought vibrators on with the cbs man yeah the back-to-back multiple girls with the poor cbs cashier yeah you know that, that he's man probably like i've like- never seen he probably still thinks about it if i had to guess <laughs> Uh, there's also a lot of bits where I feel like we would have the idea and like not necessarily like act out on it. So we still have some things in the cards that we we got to do. Um, I really want to send someone like fake STD results and be like and someone anonymously like submitted that you were exposed to like chlamydia or something. Yeah, I want to do the same thing, but with like a paternity test, like mm-hmm. be like, you now owe alimony, like, <laughs> to, like you need to pay child support. Yeah. Um, that one's gonna be tougher though, because you need it can't be anonymous. Like you would need the name of someone they recently hooked up with that like potentially could have gotten pregnant and had a baby. Yeah, exactly. You're like you have you're like confirming with them what kind of birth control they're on to be like how likely is it that they could get pregnant. <laughs> You're like, oh, if it's an IUD, that's a that's an ectopic pregnancy, so it's not possible. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we we got some down the line. Uh, but like basically, life motto: do it for the bit. It is such a funny story, especially I feel like if the night is kind of stale and you're like out and like the bars are just kind of boring and lame, like the night immediately 180s and turns around once you do a bit. Just makes it so entertaining, and it's a story to remember forever. Yeah, it's the best. Some of my some of the best nights out have been with bits. Um, one that I want to do with you, Carly. Um, I didn't mention this, but wigs on a night out, like oh, committing yeah. to a wig, like that, like oh, looks yeah. real, like not like the little like colorful like neon bob ones. Like those are fun too. Um, but we did this for um a drag like brunch. Yeah, or like the fake bangs, or like something mm-hmm. crazy. And it was so much fun. And I still have this wig like sitting in my closet and I haven't broken her out in like two years. And so maybe she'll have a, a time to shine in New York. Let's do it. I can find, know what it feels like to be like a redhead or like a platinum blonde. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so like you guys, like life is short. Like don't be afraid to like be seen having fun. Like it's cool to be trying. Like, it's not cool to be making fun of other people for doing things. Like, nothing is embarrassing unless you think it is. And people who make fun yeah. of you for doing things, having fun, living your life, like, they're lame. Like, literally, like, they're oh, jealous. Yeah. Like, it's it's just so fun. Like, you got to you gotta surround yourself with the kind of people that, like, you can do shit like this with because it's just the best. <laughs> All right. If you used to be a massive Percy Jackson fan and you just watched the first season on Disney Plus of Percy Jackson reboot, we have things to say and we want to chat about it. 
So on next episode of Reading and Ranting, we'll be talking about all things Percy Jackson, Um, you know, rating the show, comparing it to the book, talking about how just nostalgic it was to our 12-year-old selves that were obsessed with the Percy Jackson series when it first came out by Rick Riordan. If you know me, you know I was a huge Percy Beth girl reading. That was my introduction to fan fiction was reading Percy Beth fan fiction. So stay tuned for more. We're so excited to dive into our demigod. And we're always looking for book recs. So if you have a suggestion, shoot us a DM on TikTok at Reading and Ranting Pod or email readingandrantingpod at gmail.com. Until next time, happy reading, besties.